welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. I'm Rick, joined as always by Paola and Alex, and we're all suffering from various temperature extremes. Uh, we're also very, very well for you, we'll be on time, but for us, we're recording very, very late, uh, which is mostly my fault. <laughs> so um, without further ado, we will um, be talking about what we've retired, beaten and played, not necessarily in that order. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about what we've played some more, because this past couple of weeks, it's been the Steam Game Festival. So we've all played some demos. We're going to talk about those and excitement about some upcoming games or not, as the case may be. We'll find out soon. Um, we might finish on a question, depending on time. Um, it's going to be a slightly squeaky one because it's not really a question we've been asked, but it's something that uh, we'll maybe sort of interpret from a question we were asked. And on that thought, if you've got any questions, um, you can fire them at our faces uh, on the How Long to Beat forums, on the How Long to Beat podcast Discord. It's not the podcast Discord shop. Um, it's the it's just the how long to beat Discord with um, a podcast section. But we have, <laughs> yep. And we have also got a podcast email, which is what I'm going to blame it on. Um, so you can you can hit us up any of those places or the YouTube comments while you're smashing like. You know, yeah. pick your poison. And our emails um, and we'll finish. HLTBpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. So that's the that's the email. <laughs> Beautiful, and that will also be in the description next to the like button. Um, and <laughs> we'll finish everyone's most liked game how long, how long to, to beat, beat the, the game, game. <laughs> that, that's horrific that's possibly the worst one we have ever done <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um speaking of the worst things that we've ever done alex turn it boy commits tax evasion is that the worst thing you've ever done <laughs> actually that game was really fun like i, I have to say it's like uh, two and a half to three hours long basically um like it's kind of like a zelda light i guess you know it's kind of got that sort of zelda vibes but you play as this little uh turnip who really likes to commit tax evasion um and the game it's really funny actually like I, i kind of appreciate the game because it's basically like making fun of how some shitty governments are set up um and so like you know, like, in some ways, at first, I thought I was like, is this just going to be, like, a stupid libertarian game or some shit? But, like, it's actually, like, it's, like, it's pretty funny because, like, it's basically, like, coming down to this idea that there was essentially a mob who decides that they want to be a government instead. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And it's like, they make a lot of funny taxation jokes. Like, uh, like there's, like, definitely a pun on no taxation without representation at some point. And, like, basically, you're handed things and, like your two options whenever you're handed a document is read it or tear it and so like you have no choice but to rip everything (laughs) and like sometimes you'll be given quests where they're like oh can you take this like love letter to um to like carrot over there and you like look at it you just rip it in front of them and they're like whoa geez man like (laughs) it's like it's like really it's it's quite charming um it controls a little odd like it like it's combat feels a bit floaty i guess in the sense that like you get like a you get like these swords and things that you can swing but i also think it's fair because you're a turn up without arms so how do you control these things i don't really know so of course it feels a little weird <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's really cheeky it's it's pretty to look at um it actually its story is wild and like pretty cool for like a three-hour game and i i don't know i really recommend it like if you can get it on sale like i only paid like maybe 10 bucks for it and i felt perfectly happy for that um because yeah i don't know i mean don't expect like something crazy out of this but like if you're looking for you know a fun couple hours experience and you just want to kind of like play something that's sort of funny and funny in a different way like it's not doing that i don't know 
I think we've seen a lot of indie games do that meta humor um, where it's very much like, hey, it's a game. But this one's like not really doing that. Like the humor comes from the absurdity of the game and the sense that like they're really like they're committing hard to their premise and they stick to it. Right. Like they're like, this is about a turn up committing tax evasion and we're going to go to every extreme possible with this. And I really appreciate that, you know? Like, it's like, it, the eternal humor is really good. Um, so, yeah, that's Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. I played it on the PC. Definitely use a gamepad if you're going to play it. Um, and uh, I think it's, it's also on, on the Switch. Switch as well, I think. Yeah. Snap. Yeah, there you go. I feel like that's probably the best place to play that game. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, though it ran totally fine on my computer, which is a piece of shit. But uh, And it, it's also not the best place to play the other game that you've beaten this week because it's not available on Switch. Though no, I think of- it would be significantly better on the Switch than it is on the PS4. But. I'm sad it didn't get a Vita version for exactly the same reason. There was one in development, but they cancelled it. Put the audience out of the misery if they don't already know, Alex. Tell us what the other game so- was. I beat... And why was it your favorite game ever? Oh, I'm so sorry. Rick. <laughs> I'm so so sorry. I, I mean... <laughs> so I beat Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Rim because okay, they say Aegis every time, so I'm going with Aegis um, for this because uh, the little the, I, I play with the English, and I gotta say the English voice actors were great. Like it's very good. Um, Petigis Petigus. Petigus Petigus. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I don't like this game. I really didn't like this game. <laughs> oh man, I gave this like for me for me personally it's a 7 out of 10. Now, it's not a it's not a bad game. All right? Like before I jump into this, it's not a bad game. It's just it's I I appreciate it for its experimentation. That I appreciate. Like they it's had an artistry. idea. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And remember what I said, artistry often fails. And this is one of those examples where it fails to an extent not mostly but to an extent um and for me the issue that i had with it there's a there's a couple things so for one the combat is just so not important like it's just not really integrated in a way that's interesting um personally and and by the time you kind of realize the reason you're doing the combat the game's fucking over so you're like what like, you know what I mean? I didn't get, and like, it does that thing. And this is, this is complicated because when you write a mystery, which is kind of arguably what it does, you have to make the decision of how much do I gate off? And yet, how do I continue to make this an interesting experience for the player that they want to continue? Um, and my issue is that the mystery itself wasn't that interesting. Like I, to be honest, kind of figured it out by about a quarter of the way in. Which means that the game was doing good signposting, right? But I, I kind of, you know, like that thing where it's like, I didn't know the details, but I knew the gist, right? Like by about a quarter, I was like, oh, okay. I've got some ideas here and I don't want to go into like spoilers too much on this. Um, but I don't know. Okay. You know what? If you're listening, there's going to be a couple spoilers, um, not for the major plot points, but right now there'll be a couple little ones. So like I knew that time travel wasn't really a part of it um, pretty quickly into the game. I was like, oh, this isn't time travel. So I was like, all right, that at that point I was like, okay, so you're telling a different story. Cool. But then it does this thing where it's like it has to keep dripping all these red herrings all the time. But like you already know what's going on. So you're like, 
yeah, Nats, you know, they're not fucking aliens. I already know this. And like, but you're going to keep going in on this. And so I just, I wasn't engaged in the story. Like the characters to me didn't feel like characters. They felt like plot devices, except for Yuki. I did like Yuki. And I thought Yuki was actually interesting because um, Yuki has like inner motivations that are separate from this crazy fucking plot like she's just searching for natsuno the entire time and i was like that's interesting i'm like look she's a friend and they have a fucking relationship outside of this stupid fucking story (laughs) i'm like this is so great i was like oh this is cool like she has internal motivations she's going off and doing things i'm learning more about her she still is a caricature of like that like i'm the tough girl um kind of thing which whatever um but like that was fascinating to me then you have a character like Shu Amaguchi, who is a nothing, who is a fucking nothing. Like, this is a dude. That's just, not fair. That is fair. He's like, I'm That's the rich kid who talks to an idol in my TV. That's his entire character trait. He's like, solving a little mystery. Who the fuck is that idol? And that mystery was concluded quite well. I actually quite Oh, like that mystery that was so stupid. <laughs> it's like, You're so stupid. <laughs> no. Oh, I hate that the mystery so much. What? Yeah. <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed the mystery too because it was actually intertwined with um trying to think which route that one that but the two um I have to look for the name because Are you thinking I, Tony the, the, the second Kisaragi uh, on my hand and it also intertwined with um with with Duro. And Yeah, I mean they all interconnect in weird ways that sometimes makes sense but then other times you're like what so okay it felt a bit and I, I i talked about this and i think if i were younger and i was in high school i would have resonated with this game a lot more right a, a, a lot more and that's not to say that like oh, youngins man they don't fucking get it, it's not that it's that it's a different type of story right this is like a high school story and the reality is i just don't really care about that that much at this point because like a game like Persona 4, I thought does it really well. They have really strong characters and you get to know them and you get to know their lives and you get really invested in them. And so like, I really enjoyed that game. And then like the combat, you know, was, you know, enmeshed into the story. And so you're like, all right, cool. I enjoy this. In this one, what I felt like was that I, I never really got to know anyone. Um, like, you know, Hijiyama, he just keeps talking about yakisoba pot. And I'll be also fair. I was a little like, oh, Jesus. Because Japan does this thing with queer relationships where the guy who's like gay is always like so confused about it. Like he's just always like, how could I be, you know, attracted to a dude? Like he just always does that. And it's just so like counter to the queer experience. Um where obviously there'll be it's a little bit lessened by the specifics of the person that he was pining after in that situation. Yeah, like what I took because he'd as... known her as a woman first, and then suddenly, uh, yeah, it's but like you're listen. the same person, but you're kind of not. Uh... Yeah, but yeah, but f- I took it yeah. also as the fact that um, he was supposedly raised under, under like a World War II era reasoning. Mm. So back then, it was like even more like, um, what's unusual? And not only unusual, but. Japanese society has like these um, very sexist approach to a lot of things. Like even even if it's like a little bit tamer now, it's still going on. Um, back then was like even worse. Look, I get that. So, 
I do. But I often hear this argument with a lot of things. And the thing that I, I always counter back is that queer people have always existed. And they've always been around. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know that it's sometimes it's more difficult. But like, when you're playing as the person, and his entire inner monologue is always just how could I love this person and like going against it? It just, to me, it feels disingenuous. And also it's just kind of boring. Like we've just been there, you know, I was like, yeah, you- but let me finish. <laughs> Sorry, Paula, go ahead. Yeah. Because like, I, I actually was like, okay, this makes sense at the start, but uh, especially after and spoiler alert, uh, that time skip after the ending, I actually was hoping for a changing heart especially because, bigger spoiler alert, uh, the original uh, the original character he was going for uh, was an, an actual really caring relationship with the other original person. So I was like, oh, is this like some kind of foreshadowing of, uh, that we actually get to see like, um, he, see him like, uh, accept his feelings in a, in a bit, like in a, in a way. Especially because the, the other guy was actually kind of hurt. And that, that, that hurts to, to see. Yeah, and like it plays into the sort of barrier gaze thing, which like to be fair, they didn't fully do. At first I thought they were doing this and I was like, I swear to God. Like it's like all every barrier time. Gaze. So what does that mean? There's a trope um, where in a lot of media, in most media, queer relationships one of if not both of the characters die and the relationships are tend to be portrayed through this conceit where um and it's not often purposeful but like usually the queer relationships are tragic in some way so like often in media you'll see this a lot and like i don't think this game fully does this but i think it's definitely falling into this and look i'm just sensitive to this like this is something that like if you're it's not necessarily like honestly a major major critique of this game it's just something that like I notice and I like people to be sort of aware of um, that like they do a moment, they do a moment of it in the game um, like late throughout where like his sort of lover, you know, know, they do do it really. Um, Like the lover sort of dies in that world. And I'm like, God damn it. Like I was like, are you serious? Like every time there's a queer relationship, someone has to be like lost. And of course he comes back as this weird thing is a whole thing. I, I feel like if I talk too much, it gets too spoilery, but maybe this is just the spoiler cast on 13 Sentinels because we finished it. Um, I feel like that's where we sort of gone. Yeah. 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 Just, just commit to the spoiler Let's cast. Let's just commit to it. Yeah, because like, so, you know, at one point Hijiyama's like holding Okino as Okino dies, but of course, because it's sci-fi, he's like blasted up into the mothership and his pod. So, um, <laughs> oh my God, the pods. Anyway, I just laughed because I was like, this is Japanese Matrix Reloaded. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, yeah. And I totally get that criticism, although I didn't actually... Yeah personally have a problem with it yeah but again so this is this is it's hard when i talk about this because like i i I don't want people to just be like oh i'm not gonna play this but like i do want to warn people that if you are really not into like if you've played some japanese media before and you're like "Mm, i don't really feel this you you might not enjoy this but like if you're more enmeshed in it i think you will enjoy it like it's it's an interesting experience it's just I realized pretty quickly that I wasn't enjoying it. And like, Mm. oh, also some of those visual novel elements. Oh my God, that cat. I hate that. So much. <laughs> yeah, there's fluffy. like a segment yeah, he, in here. He's a bit of a dick. Oh, oh yeah. The worst thing that 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 wasn't even fluffy. 
I know, yeah, Jiro no, Izumi. Oh, that's true, it wasn't. If I hear Jiro Izumi's name one more time, I'm like, I don't care about this Although, guy! <laughs> yeah. That, that was one of my favorite bits in the entire game where um, I think it's Okino is stuck in the... No, Agata is rather stuck in the chair because um, oh, yeah. they're trying to get him to do all these all these loops. Um, and then he's he sat with um, Okino and Hijiyama and then Q just pops up, which is also fluffy. Uh, and he, he was like referring to the meta chips and the stuff you're doing like around the combat. It's like, oh what if what if I made you, what if I gave you a way to be powerful enough to to win this? And I, at the moment, was just like, oh shit, they fourth walled it. Oh my God. And went balls for that. Loved that. Really? See, when I saw Your that- Your face says you didn't love that. When, when, he, <laughs> when, when he actually said meta chips in that, I went, you have got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, did you seriously just reference meta chips? Like, I was like. So we're just both sides of the coin, basically. Yeah, I think that's really what it is. It's like, um, oh God. Yeah, like I just couldn't, it was so convoluted. It was so convoluted. Like ultimately, and, and here's another, ah, God, I was like, they had this sci, sci-fi premise of terraforming in the future, right? Like where it's like the idea that they've gone out and they've terraformed some planets, but like, it makes no sense. Like I was so confused by most of it. And like, I'm sure I've just like missed something, but I'm like, okay, so something happened in 2188, the fucking whatever humanity, there's the fucking nano machine virus Fucked up the earth, yeah. So they've got Project yeah. Arc, and so they're off trying for some reason to make sectors like different times in humanity. So the, the concept was they wanted to give the, the children of the Ark a full Culture. education of like human history and culture and where they've where they've come from because it's the idea is to perpetuate the things before the nano cells fucked it completely and i guess 1985 was really important (laughs) like no wow (laughs) and which also is so problematic because i was anyway sorry i'm like they're like of human history so why don't we tell you about the time japan lost a war this is an important moment and then it's like you keep going and i was like I'm like, this does this does not hold water. I'm like, these are such random time periods, but that's fine, whatever. It's sci-fi they can do. That, that element you've got to go with, but the reason it all yeah. goes wrong is because the um the original version of Shinonome uh is jilted by Ida. And yeah. so she's just like, ah, oh, fuck this, I don't want you humanity to survive. She has like a late blooming emo stage yeah. and just tries to fuck the whole project up. Which and is... almost succeeds, basically. Yeah, which like I was like, that's it that's the thing that happened i was like so this is anyway like the future was like super fucked like in so many mm-hmm. different kind of ways mm. i'll be honest it, it, a, oh, yeah. it's kind of interesting seeing the wholesome people and like the shitty people that their dna came from yep <laughs> i kind of wanted them all to crash and burn if i'm being real here <laughs> it's like i sort of hope <laughs> they don't succeed i was like maybe humanity if this is what we have to give i'm like maybe it's game over all right we get it you don't like the game (laughs) (laughs) it's just um, i don't know it's just like it's yeah it's the high school thing i think that's what sort of got me too was like because i i think the premise and the concept of like an arc and wherein you go and terraform like a planet and you like are like running simulations to see if like the same thing happens is like really fascinating. It's just like 
I wish I would have learned more about the people, I guess. Like I felt a little bit like I was just going through this sort of like high schooly simulation of which wasn't really that interesting um, personally. Like I'm like, uh, I, I just don't really vibe with a lot of these storylines. And it's like, like, you know, Megumi, for instance, the most I kind of learned about her was that she really loves Juro and cooks every day, you know? And I was like, and, you know, she talks with Fluffy and goes on this thing. But I was like, I don't feel like I really learned anything. And I'm like, also, what was their relationship? Because, like, Juro saved her as a child in the in the future. And so I'm like, what is the relationship that these two even possess? Uh, because they, which also is a thing that I'm like a little, I was a little like, huh? Like, some of the romances in it, I didn't really understand. Like, they felt like they were romancing just kind of because. And, like, I was like, I never necessarily there weren't many that I felt like had like really strong connections or like I actually got to see it develop and I was like if you really were going to go for this romance angle I actually it, it would have kind of been nice if they kind of went all in on it you know like it's because it seems to me like part of what they're saying is that like um you know technology is so yeah okay here's the thing they've got this sort of theme of like the idea that technology causes a lot of these problems but at the end of the day humanity and our humanity is the thing that actually helps us go past that right it's like the relationships Mm -hmm. and the connections that we make which i actually think i'm like oh as a premise i'm like yeah i'm kind of down with that that's kind of neat um like that's a nice that's a nice take on sci-fi um what i think and i'm sympathetic to the fact that this is probably a case of like this is a crazy concept that they were trying to pull off and so some things got lost in the weeds um in terms of being able to play as 13 different people it's like yeah that's a lot of fucking fucking balls to juggle you know what i mean like (laughs) that's just a lot but i just feel like in the end i was like oh man i'm really missing some of their humanity in the sense that i i don't feel as though i feel sometimes i actually didn't get to see them interacting as people enough and i had to go on the kind of crazy journey a little too much like like renya isn't a person right goto even though he's so fascinating he really was he was mr plot device like you literally have to complete 12 characters um, stories pretty much before their like final go before you can unlock Renya and then Renya just goes so let me put on my glasses I believe you were doing this Jiro and then this and then this Jiro and then this and then this and like you know and, like he just kind of like goes I, I think that is just a concession to the structure unfortunately but I do I do accept that um he he was lost a little bit to exposition I think I like Paola's description of him the best in our uh in our little discord chat she called him encyclopedia Sam yes yeah he's yeah. Encyclopedia, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah he was encyclopedia Sam and I think mm-hmm. uh at that point in the game God was like pretty much the player like uh trying to yeah piecing everything together but how did I say it was like uh, sometimes I feel like God are like trying to piece everything together, but then I see something cute and I melt into um, Miwa Chan's state as a fangirl or something like that. Oh, yeah, hmm. Miwa. <laughs> that poor AI. I, I also think Goto, Goto does have some development, but you sort of see it through other characters. I feel like he's just yes. a person you get to do the least with. Yeah, even yeah, his own story, he doesn't actually spend a lot of time in it. His own story is more like Chihiro Child's story. Do you know what I mean? Like, you actually, I think... Chihiro because of her importance more... to the plot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just, like, ultimately was like, wow, what an interesting story that you chose to tell in the least interesting way. Not the conceit, the, the 13 Sentinels, like the 13 protagonists. That is interesting. That's very interesting. I just think, the, like, the high school setting was, like, very uninteresting to me and maybe this is like a cultural thing like i just 
no one's talking about high school here in Canada. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like one of those things where yeah. like Japanese media mm. really emphasizes high school a lot. Um, and I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know why Paolo, you sort of talked a bit about that. Um, and maybe it's just something I can't connect with very well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in general, like high school is often seen like those better years. And there's like often a lot of things that people say like, oh, if I only knew high school was like the best part of my life, I would have like done things differently or do hmm. better. So many. Which is quite depressing if that's that. what you're thinking. Yeah, I know. Right. That's very sad. <laughs> yeah, it's very Sorry, sad. Sorry, go on, Paolo. But, I cut you off midway through. Uh, but often like a lot of the escapism that happens in Japanese media happens in high school because it both caters to the adults that kind of want to uh, relieve like their better years of high school in the case of um this is like one particular case that Tokimiki Memorial that is like the visual novel that pretty much exploded um put visual novels until like under a more mainstream lens uh was centered about, around high school and a lot of people a lot of the people liked it because of it allowed them like to relieve high school to a certain extent uh the same way that um all these high school fantasy stuff uh serves as a way of escapism to uh high schoolers or even like people in their trains so the the high school setting is pretty strong in Japanese media, like all across. It doesn't matter if it's manga, anime, video games, uh, Japanese drama, uh, etc. Yeah, and it's just yeah something I just couldn't quite connect. And like I want to be clear too, though. Like this game, first off, is gorgeous. Like I think the art style is really is quite beautiful. Like it's it's and it's something I would like to see more of. I just think that realistically this should be a handheld game i think it really suffers from being on the ps4 just in the sense that yeah sitting down in front of your tv to play it it just didn't feel right like i was playing it on my vita for a little bit but that connection's just not great enough and like it was still like a little and then also the combat it's way too easy number one yeah. I, I, if i have if i played it again or if i go mm-hmm. back and play it again i will play with combat and hard yeah. but I, I think they almost didn't trust themselves on the combat i think because they're they're not used to doing that kind of RTS type thing before. Like they did it with Grim Grimoire, but that's like a 2D thing that's much simpler. And it was mm. very much just a, a Warcraft, but 2D type thing. Because they made that game in like six months. Mm. Um, it's, I remember reading an interview about it and they were saying, um, because quite a few of the devs knew about that game when um, when they were being sort of directed to to make certain units certain ways, it'd be like, oh, just like X from Warcraft or set it up like Y from Warcraft. Mm. Um I think because they're straddling the line of the visual novel and the combat, mm-hmm. it was a case of we don't want to gate people out of the story because they don't like or can't do the combat. And so the combat has just been skewed a little bit too easy. Um, yeah. I, I still think it's fun. I think there's a lot to it, albeit it's very exploitable and broken. Um, but it, it yeah. just is too easy. <laughs> once I, I, once I, like, I sort of quickly figured out, and like I, I rank S to everything because it was just like, you yeah. know, it's not very tough. And, and, yeah i only ever did the combat because i was like oh shit i gotta unlock more stories <laughs> and i was like all right time to go to the combat and, and it's tough right because like i i do also think it suffers by the fact that it's this weird like non-actual unit looking thing where it's like all these like weird neon glowy thingies and you don't actually get the like i i think it would have benefited from fewer units being a little more difficult and actually seeing the units themselves. Like, if I could see the kaiju, 
and my sentinels i think i would have enjoyed it more like it just would have been kind of neat like i'm like oh this feels more like a thing instead it's just sort of felt like i was playing like a tactical chess representation in a way in the sense that you know what i mean like it's like representative figures which which is fine i also recognize that it's probably because they started this in development for like with like handhelds in mind as well i think like with vita and stuff and then they're sort of like oh now vita was a planned platform initially yeah yeah so you know i don't know it's just it's hard because i didn't enjoy it but i also don't want to like shit on it too tensely because i i i like that it's doing something different right i just think that in this case i would love to see them try this again do you know what I mean? Like do something like this again, where they do an interwoven story with multiple protagonists, um, with some kind of I like love the protagonists more. Yeah, focus more on the protagonists, right? Like, and even try to tell a smaller story, but in this interwoven way, you know? And like I think it would be really cool. Like they you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily have to be so insane, but like give me a sequel to like their life fucking setting up things afterwards. Like what is it like to set up a new fucking world? You know, like show me that shit, man. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. I really wanted to fucking like this game, man. Like I was going into it so excited. (laughs) It's like, you're perfectly entitled to your incorrect opinion. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, my incorrect opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking, Alex, do you really want to see like uh, a sequel to this game? Because it's probably going to be a city builder or farm simulator. And you said you were sick of seeing those. Oh, yeah, you're right. It probably would be, wouldn't it? It'd be like a resource gathering thing. Oh, <sighs> my God. Although, uh, you know what? 13 stodgies. Yeah, here, here's what I'll say, though, man. If they did like a crazy friggin' you know, multi-path, 13 protagonist, like visual novel with a farming resource, like Sim or like a survival Sim thing on the side. That's a fucking novel idea. I'm like, I'd at least try it. Like, you know, like that's certainly, that's certainly different than what other Sims are doing. (laughs) It could certainly be interesting. It'd be almost like, um, there's undiscovered things that you have to find out while you're also growing turnips who are one day going to commit tax evasion. There you go, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Again, I appreciate it for what it was trying, um, but it didn't hit me right. And again, this is a good, this does tie into our artistry talk though. Artistry doesn't always hit with everyone, right? Like it's just, there's going to be points where like, you know what I mean? Like some, it'll it'll hit for some people, like it really hit for you. And then for me, it's just like, this one doesn't quite, doesn't quite, um, nab it and again if you like and you have enjoyed a number of japanese different types of japanese media and in particular like any of the high school type ones probably gonna like this game um i, I will contend that it ties into artistry purely on the basis that it breaks new ground and we'll, we'll leave it there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right i've uh, i've beaten nothing this week um i for those of you who are listening and don't know, some of you on the Discord might um, have been moving house this mm-hmm. week, which is a fucker, to put it mildly. Um, problems without going tenants, getting things cleaned and fixed and everything else. Also getting all my shit moved. And I do want to just take a brief tangent just in terms of limited editions, just to keep this on topic. Um, I'm going to be getting rid of nearly all of mine because I was deeply unhappy having to move them all. So <laughs> it, it sort of made me reevaluate um, the, the the purpose and the necessity and how much joy I really get from the one skim I do through the art book and from listening to the soundtrack that I can pull off YouTube anyway. Um, or in the case of upcoming Shin Megami Tensei 5, uh, borrow from a very friendly co-host. 
I don't know how the hell I got like the pre-order for that. I have I'm no idea. I'm just very how happy that you did. Well, the Rick, please uh, send me later pictures of your artworks and stuff because <laughs> we'll trade the artist my friend here is very interesting in those artists, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, Let's do it. And if anyone listening happens to have a copy of the Shimigami Tensei 4 soundtrack, because I still can't find a complete rip of it online, um, hit me up on Discord or hit us up on hltbpodcast.gmail.com. Have I that's said that correct. <laughs> I actually have a mini soundtrack. Just hook me up, please. <laughs> right, let me stop um, e-begging. Paula, tell us about your completion this week. Well, this is going to be interesting because it has a high school setting with italics that doesn't like that much. <laughs> uh, but I finished. I completed Hakuoki Six School Life for the PS Vita English patch, uh, courtesy of our um, um, friendly fan translation group, um, Otoge Library. And to be honest, I had a lot of fun with this one. Like. I really needed something like more fluffy that didn't take itself too seriously after uh, 13 Sentinels and the other more dark and greedy togas that I've been playing. Uh, so it was a nice change of pace. It had some like, I, I don't say like some of the um, romances didn't like progress like quite well, but some didn't. But overall, there's like a lot of content in the sense that you have like the six main uh, characters from the Hagoki series that have like their complete route. Uh, three more that have like a partial route, which I kind of wish they have like a complete route because there was like a lot of potential with a couple of those. And then you have like the everyday everyday ending that is like Chisuru, the protagonist in like get closer to anyone in particular. You have the friends ending where her female friends uh, join the school at the end of the year. And you have a specific ending uh, that has to, yeah, that is like a more family ending. Let's, like, let's give it that. And you have like this one uh, big conclusion, blah, blah, blah. this one uh, big like ending that you can only I don't know if you can only get after uh, getting the all the others, but it centers around what was his name, Ryonosuke, Ryonosuke, which is actually the protagonist of the prequel of Hakuoki of the Hakuoki games. Because yeah, Hakuoki actually has like a non-Otome prequel or like Otome-ish prequel or, or something like that. Where there's um, more. There, you think Hakuoki is a big, <laughs> a big franchise? <laughs> I, oh, no. I want to investigate it, like what are other like vision novels were because Hakuuki Ramiroku and that one stars uh, Ryonosuke who kind of gets like picked up by the Chinsengumi before Hijikata was the the leader and before the Chinsengumi were the Chinsengumi where they were like, were like known as the Miguel uh which is very an, a very interesting premise and I kind of want to see that which, by the way, it is getting a Switch release in Japanese. Um, Idea Factory internationally has been hinting that they are like uh, picking up their um, old Otome licenses and actually using them. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed for this one. Uh, but that that aside, you have uh, characters from that game and you have characters from the Shinsengumi Kitan games that are like the the mainline games. You have them interact in these like more high school kind of setting that is like 
very, very lighthearted that is completely opposite from the uh, original games, which is like the flap every Hakuoki fan kind of needed. <laughs> I'm just going to be very honest on that one. Uh, the rods were like pretty cute. Uh, there wasn't like uh, any like overarching uh, story besides like little things that were like hinting at. Uh, the structure of the game is like you you have like I want to say four like chapters that are common to everyone, and then two more chapters that are specific uh, to to the character. And it's divided like in the the first exam scenario. Then you have like the I think it was like the pool episode because everyone every Japanese high school thing has to have a pool episode. But this one was like set up in a way that I couldn't even get that because there's a character that is like a troublemaker through and through. And he pretty much uh, heard that Chisuru was going to the pool with uh, her two uh, girlfriends. And he was like, okay, let's get everyone together and cause chaos because why not? And he pretty much sent like uh, phone messages to everyone written in a way that uh, each person would want to go. So for example, he was like, hey, Kairu, your sister kind of like, I heard your sister is going to the pool and there are going to be like other classmates going. And Kairu was like, I have to protect my sister, I'm going. And then he just messaged like the, the teacher and was like, hey, he took up, I'm gonna cause chaos trying to stop me. And it was like so goofy overall that I couldn't really get mad and I just had fun with it. Uh, then you have like the school, the school festival scenario and then you have like the Christmas scenario. Uh, New Year's and finally like the big Valentine event that was like the one with the fucking mini game. Oh, that had, the one like, you were telling yeah. us about that you couldn't get past because of the translation. Yep. At the end of the day, uh, I used the cheat to, to actually like see the instructions and try to get it like legit. And Ogda's game wasn't like that hard after like knowing what the fuck he was saying. But I still recommend you skip that a particular mini game. Then after like finishing all the roads, I pretty much uh, farm points to get like all the extra scenarios that you can get in the game. And the amount of extras in this game is ridiculous. Like you have like a voice recording with uh, little clips of voice with, uh, with all the characters. You have these mini stories uh, that usually happen like after like the uh, scenario Tiziru spends with a particular character, but it seemed like from their point of view. And we, it was incredibly fun, and I'm not even mad. That, that was amazing. And then you have like some uh, other extra scenarios, like uh, situations for each character. So I was actually surprised with all the content there was when I saw some reviews on Amazon, and, and they say like, oh, it's so short, and there's so little content. And I'm like, I don't know if we play the same game. I spent like, 25 hours on this one. Um, <laughs> that's like pretty acceptable for a fan disc. So yeah, that was Hakuoki's school life. Besides the some of the mini games, I don't really have any problems with it. Uh, if you're a Hakuoki fan, go play it. And it actually has like an anime spin-off that is like a couple of episodes of five minutes each. And it is so, so stupid, but I love it a little bit. That. But I uh, strongly recommend watching those like only after playing the game, otherwise you're not going to get anything. So yeah, enough of me gushing about this game. Why don't we jump on to the retirements? By which we mean retirement and by which we mean Alex, tell us about where the World Calm in San Diego is. Yeah, so I mean, this, there's, uh, this is going to take like um, literally a minute. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It's just, you know, 
you do the same thing each time. I'm just was like, oh, there's no ending. Well, I think there is an ending, but I'm just not interested in getting to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I right? Was like, I get you. I get you. I yeah, get you. I got my fill. You know, like I was like, nice. I, I, honestly, probably sometime in the future, I'll probably go back and just finish it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just kind of like, oh, that was fun. I'm good. Um, and the game's not like you must finish. They're like, oh, okay. You know, you peace out. So that's it, really. I was just like, I don't really want to go back. If I did, I would just be making myself go back. So I highly recommend trying the game out. Um, but there's no real need to finish it. It's just a fun little little puzzle game, basically. That's it. Let's move on <laughs> to what we're playing. Uh, Rick, do you want to start us off? Because I don't, I don't know. Have you been playing much lately? <laughs> I, very much not. No, I, I'm shocked that I even found time to play many demos, to be honest with you. And I, I have only played a few. Uh, but we'll get to those later. Um, on the list of playing that I've not touched are Vagrant Story, Lictum Battle Mage, and Front Mission Gun Hazard. The one I have played a little bit more of is Uppers for the Vita, uh, partially because I think I'm actually quite close to beating it, and partially because each mission's like three to five minutes. So it's been perfect Like in moments where I've had some reprieve or if I've needed just to take a five-minute break or you know, if, if I've been between things and I've just been itching to do something. It's just been the go-to, just to, to pick it up and, and bash a level out and, and put it back down again. Um, I will say I'm, I'm a little bit harder on it than I was before, mainly because there's some RNG elements that are absolute bollocks. So basically, the, the, the main side objective when you're doing any given mission is, and I think I mentioned it when I spoke about this a week or two before, is that there will be like groups of girls at various points in the levels, and they'll be shouting out, Oh, throw five enemies in 30 seconds, or oh, pin an enemy against the wall and hit them three times, or oh, defeat enemies with an upper rush. Now, what sometimes happens when you complete that is that you get what's called a love letter, which is the, the collectible that comes from that. Sometimes they'll shaft you and just give you like a power up for 10 seconds or something like that. So that's RNG number one. RNG number two is sometimes where they would give you a love letter, it will instead prompt you to approach. And that seems to be about 50 50 from whether they'll just give you the letter or you'll be kicked into a different cutscene that prevents you from getting the letter. And so, in, yeah, it, it's annoying because there can be some more tricky challenges and you'll do it and then you'll go to get the letter and it won't give you the letter. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, and we're going to have to do this all over again now. And it, it just feels like it's um, a demand too far on the player. It's like, I've, I've completed your trial. Give me, the, give me the trinket, please. And then it's just like, no, try again. It's like, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm blitzing the main story now and I'm having a good time doing it. There are a couple of bonus missions that pop up. I'm doing those as well, but I've given up on getting all the collectibles. I'm not interested enough in the game, which is good, but a little bit repetitive, even without the RNG side things. I'm not interested in giving it the time that it would take to 100% it, but I am having a good time with it. And if you've got hacked Vita, I would massively recommend it on there. I think on PC, it's maybe a slightly harder sell just for the same reason that you said for 13 Sentinels, I think, it's, I think it's just better suited to a handheld, particularly with the brevity of the levels as well. Um, yeah. And the, the fan translation is good enough. It, it's not particularly a story-heavy game. It's uh, two guys want to get popular so the girls will like them. Right. You don't really need to know what happens in the in-between because they, they, it doesn't have any kind of bearing on the combat. But it is good, and I am having a good time, and I don't recommend, I don't regret rather playing it, and I'm, I'm certainly going to finish it soon, question mark. Yeah. I know Alex. that feeling though when you have like, oh, a game on. that's not bad, but like you like it, but you're like it's not great, so you're just kind of like, 
I don't want to talk too. I'm having a great experience, but I don't want to, you know, like it's that thing. <laughs> like I've been there. It's also way too fan servicey for me to recommend to anybody in real life, even if yeah. I did know anyone in real life who owned a Vita, which I don't. Um, I, I did know one guy, and then I bought his Vita off him because he played <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't um, think I know anyone either who does that. Then again, we're kind of outliers. We play so many random games on so many different things. <laughs> well, it's lonely on the island. Um, yeah. But it's. It, it, it's just it, it's one of those games in a category with like Hoonie Pop and Katawa Shoujo and a few others where it's like this is a good game I'm never going to tell you in person it's a good game though like I'm I'm happy to let you go on in blissful ignorance of that game because it's not worth it to me to spread the word yeah though I did um I did think about you the other day like IGN ran a story on like the impact of the Vita like it was like basically despite not necessarily being assessed they're like it really connected like um smaller indie developers with like bigger publishers and stuff and like it really it was mm. like you know fostered that so anyway i was like you should read it i think you'll like that article <laughs> it was just like, yeah you have to send me a link and it, yeah. it it's switch owners i imagine are feeling the fruits of that labor now because the switch yes. is just the natural home for things that would have gone on vita yeah and uh, obviously that that's got broad market appeal as well in a way that the vita unfortunately did not yeah anyway yeah me what am i doing okay so i actually started <laughs> One of the days I, when I was playing 13 Sentinels, I went, I need to fucking play a good game. And so I, like, I like, <laughs> up Crosscode. Wow. I just, well, Friendship I, ended. The name Rick. that I want to play. You know what I mean? Like, that was the thing. Like, I was like, I just need to. It's so yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, backtrack now. Whatever. I, I heard you the first time. <laughs> I also it's like. Psychedelic like, all again. Yeah, it is psychedelic all again. You know, Ugh. this is, okay, this is part of the issue too, though, that I, I, that I have to also, like, put in here as, like, an asterisk on this. We're on a podcast where we have to play, where we play games to, like, talk about them and get, like, content and stuff. So the way I played 13 Sentinels is probably not the way most people are going to play 13 Sentinels, right? Like, I was playing it and I was like, I know I have to beat this game. And, like, if you come into it, you probably have no, you know, like you can come in and you can be like, maybe I'll play it. And if I like it, I'll keep going. But me, I was like, shit, I have to beat this. Cause like, I have to be able to talk. And about in, in doing so you shaved like 15 hours off the playtime. So I, I, I beat it in about 35. I think Paolo took around about 40. You took 25. Yeah, no, I, I 23 was it. 24 really. 33. 23 in like 20 in like 50 minutes or something like that. Or 25 minutes. Anyway, the reason is that I, I went, I also, I'm a pretty quick reader, but also what I discovered is that Anytime that they're like walking in a cutscene, if you hold that fast forward button, it goes fast and it gets to the next part. That fast forward button is a lifesaver. Also, the combat took me very little. Yeah, I don't know. I saw the rushed stats and I was like, oh, I beat it at the rushed time. But I was like, I just thought it was the normal time. I think if you listen to everyone, it's going to take... So the amazing English dub. It is very good dub. Yeah. Oh, and I guess the Japanese is good too. Anyway, sorry. No more 13 Sentinels. Japanese is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, no more. But it's just, you know, anyway, no, I, I can't. Um, but I genuinely was like, I need to play something that I kind of want to play. And I was like, I just I just got to do something. And CrossCode had been on my list for a long time. And it's on Game Pass. You know, it's an indie game. And I was like, mm, there's a chance this one will leave Game Pass some, at some point, right? Like, I was like, I know this one probably will at some point. So I was like, why not play it now? And holy shit, this game is fucking awesome. It's like playing the best Super Nintendo game you've ever played you know it's like finding one from a, a time when you're like oh my gosh and so it's, it's 2d uh pixel art gorgeous pixel art too and the idea behind the game is really it's it's really neat so like it's a little sword art online a little bit like not in the sense that um you're all trapped in an mmo but you're you're playing an mmo but you're a character who like it, the idea is that this mmo world and i'm not sure i fully understand yet but like there seems to be this implication that when you enter into this world you're kind of like actually there like it's like it's kind of like a living world 
maybe a bit 13 Sentinel Z. Like it seems as though there are like AI who exist in this MMO world who are outside of the actual game itself and like have like lives um, and like help make things work. So I was like, this is kind of neat. But the idea is that your character has lost their memories. Um, And so you're working with these characters outside of the game who are basically thinking that like, okay, if we get you playing it, maybe that's going to unlock some stuff and we can help figure out what the problem is. So you're basically playing with like the game support team who are like, we're going to try to help you out here. We're going to see if we can make this work for you. And it really, the game really kind of feels like an MMO without all the baloney. Um, Like there's all these like characters running around at times and like, you'll see them going through and, Uh, There are these different factions that you play with. The combat is super, super fucking good. Like it is so much fun because the way it works is that you have a couple different things you can do. You've got like, um, you got like a guard, you have a dodge, you have, you can right stick and like launch these balls at people. So it's like, like projectile, almost like a twin stick, but then you also have a melee that melee that you can use. And when you enter into combat... So is it real time then? It's real time. it was like an ATB thing. Oh, no, okay, it's real okay. time. Yeah, and what's really cool is that when you enter into combat, um, you also have like specials that you can use for each of the different things. There's like a guard special, there's a, a shoot special, there's a melee special, there's a dodge special. And you unlock them as you go. But when you enter into combat, you fight, 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 and you start to increase your rank, right? So you'll start at like a D and then it'll go up. Now, here's the kind of trick though is that your rank if you don't continuously look for battles your rank will go down right and the more Uh, you bring your rank up the better items you can get but also you won't heal right now if you want to heal all you have to do stop your rank just drop out of it or let the rank drop and you fully heal back up so it creates this really dynamic tension where you're like I can fight one more enemy. I can I can find one more like group of them. Yeah, let's go. Let's keep this rank going high. Let's see how high I can get. Um, or you can just avoid all the combat if you want. And like that's the beauty is that you have to engage combat. So you can run through an area. And if you're like, oh, I just want to go explore, you don't have to fight anybody. Um, I think sometimes there are some enemies who might be like, nah, we're fighting though anyway. Um, like <laughs> I, I think I've found that happen like, maybe you. once. Yeah, maybe like once. But like most of the time, you don't have to. So. Honestly, like in terms of leveling up, it's just really fun to just go and fight. Um, And then when you're bored of it, you're like, well, I don't have to fight now. Um, And I've been doing like all the missions because I find the world is really interesting and like the missions are fun. And like, it's also missions in the sense where like when you enter into a new area, you can get a bunch of missions. And then if you basically just go and do the area and do all the exploration, you'll basically complete the missions uh, besides a couple where you might have to really focus in. It's really good. Like talking about it right now, I'm like, I want to go play again, (laughs) you know? It's a pretty long game from what I understand too. It's like upwards of 30, 40 hours. I think and like to fully complete it I think it might take like 50 it's like a pretty long game um I think you could blast through it faster but it's one of those games where I think you just want to keep playing you know like it's just it's well realized it's well done it's funny um it has like pretty good inside jokes but like they're they're meta not in the sense that it's recognizing that you're playing a game it's more like meta jokes as in like jokes about mmos so it actually fits within the world of the game um like at one point i was like walking and like there was these two npcs who were like oh yeah man they patched out the like the special area here kind of thing like they're talking about like yeah wasn't there like this like moment where you go up and like they're talking about like how the game used to be kind of broken and they're like yeah it used to like it's just sort of fun like you don't have to engage with it but like you're just like hearing it and you're like that's kind of neat 
And so like it it makes the MMO feel kind of like well realized. Um, and like even when you start your first quest, you have to go into like this like main hub area where it's like here's the quest. And then if you enter a dungeon, you have like a party who's like actually other players that you can like connect with and like it creates this party. And like when you enter a dungeon, it's like the idea is that the dungeon creates an instance for each player. So like you enter into a dungeon and it's just you now in the dungeon with lots of puzzles. Um, And it has an interesting puzzle difficulty scale. So like combat and puzzles can be leveled up or down on their own. So you don't necessarily, so if you get really stuck on a puzzle, you can actually bump down the puzzle difficulty, which will actually just change the puzzles a little bit. Um, Which I just think is really smart design, you know, like that way, if you're like, if you're a particularly good combat player, you could boost your combat uh, difficulty up and enjoy that. And then if you're just like, man, puzzles, brah, don't like it, you could just bump, 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 bump that down a little bit and go through it. So I highly recommend this one. I believe it's also on the Switch, which I think would be a great way to play this, but it's also super fun to play on the TV. Um, so yeah, if you have game pass, don't sleep on cross code. I think this is, uh, this is one of those games where whenever I've heard anyone talk about it, they're just like, this game is dope. And I was like, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> like, I hey, get it. It is 30% off on the Steam sales right now. Oh shit. There you go. Yeah. 30% off. Uh, if in case you needed to add another 50 hour game to your backlog. <laughs> because Man, we I've always did a- that. <laughs> I've got a full basket at the moment. It's just like, do I really want to spend this money on games that I'm not going to play for? I am doing the exact same. (laughs) I know. Here's the deal. Yeah, if you got a backlog, like, and and this was a game that was on my backlog that I boosted up pretty high. Um, But don't just 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 beat your backlog. (laughs) It's not that easy, you know this. I know, I know. What's the other game you played, Alex? Yeah, speaking of another big old RPG that I'm playing, uh, I picked up Pokemon Prism again. I had played this for a little while before, and then I sort of stopped. And this is such a good game. Like, it genuinely feels as though I have found, you know, a unreleased Game Boy Color Pokemon game that, like, took all the lessons of Pokemon and, like, popped them in here. Like, it's a... like, you know, it's a crystal ROM hack, but it's a completely new story, completely new region, Naljo. It's a it's a sequel, I think, to Pokemon Brown, which was like a Pokemon Red, uh, or, or probably a Pokemon Yellow ROM hack. But um, really great, and like actually challenging in like a good way. Like I feel as though, as I'm playing it, it's like I have to actually think strategy when I'm getting into battles. Like it, it doesn't seem as though I can just kind of like level up one person and just like, you know blast my way through the game i'm sure i could but like they do they do give you but it's also not like you know how sometimes you play like a fan game and the fan game is like okay it's for someone who's mastered pokemon and it's like it's gonna be hard as balls but it's not that you know like it it, it, it's smartly done it's not easy but they're like here is just like a slightly more of a challenge for you um but it's still in that like threshold of fun you know, which I find is really hard for developers to hit. And that I would argue Pokemon has like completely abandoned in recent years. <laughs> like it's just not, yeah. it's not fun anymore. Like it's just so easy that I'm like, can you guys introduce a difficulty scale, please? Like make normal easy. Careful, you're going to get set, you're going to set Paolo off again. Yeah, I know Paolo's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like at least put it in like a normal, easier hard mode or something. Like why does that exist? But anyway, um, this game 
has some cool segments too, where you play as your Pokemon. Like I'm at a moment now where you can choose one of your Pokemon and you'll go in and you have to like, I'm helping a Caterpie find its mom. And like you, you go and like meet all these Pokemon and you get to talk to the Pokemon and it's really neat. And yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. And I have to say, I was telling Paola about this, but like, so for those of us who've, who've played all the Pokemon games, like like Rick, I do not recommend this game for you. But, um, oh God, no, you, you could try. I wouldn't play another Pokemon yeah, game. I was I like, zero interest, less than zero. Don't do it. Though I, I do think this is a very good one. Um, but what I'll say is that um, if you're someone who's played Pokemon and like you've played all of them and, you know, it's always fun to go back and like play Crystal again, right? And you're like, oh, so fun. Or maybe you play something like Crystal Clear, which like makes it an open world one where you can complete it in any order. The problem is that when you get to it, you realize that you remember all of it, right? You just know how it works and it becomes a bit autopilot, which is fun. But playing this game, I found myself at times, I go, oh yeah, I know what you're supposed to do. I go autopilot and then I go, wait, no, I don't, <laughs> right? And I have that moment where I go, I don't actually know what's coming next. And it's a really fun experience where you're like, ooh, where am I going to end up next? And like at one point I found like instead of a city, I was in this little village and I was like, this is really cool. Like it has this neat world building to it. And it also, they also introduce things in the game that you're like, that's clever as shit. Or you're also like, that's super fucking dark. Like at one point there's like this orphanage that you can donate Pokemon to and you can get other other Pokemon. Like that's how I got my Chikorita. And I was like, oh yeah, I want a Chikorita. And then I walk outside and I fucking talk to this dude who's like, Oh yeah, I adopted a Pokemon from that orphanage. But like it has all these bruises on it. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> like you're oh, like, no. it's like you're like, oh god, it's a shit orphanage. It's like one of those like paper meal things. And I just donated like a ton of Pokemon to it. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no regrets. I'm like, walk away with my Chikorita. And then I open up my Chikorita oh. and I find that its temperament is like easily angered and like all this stuff. And like, I'm like, oh my God, I have like a poor abused Chikorita. And I'm like, oh God. Anyway, it's like little, little shit like this. Like it does this little world building stuff that like kind of just like makes sense. And like, also there's like this, you're in this town and it talks about like, there's some people in the town who are just like, man, you know, it used to be this small town and now it's just this fucking sprawl. And like, there's just, they keep building stuff. And I'm like, shit, man. Okay. Like, I'm like, it has like this, like slight commentary. That's like, that doesn't feel forced, but feels like natural. And like, everybody feels like they're living in their world. And I'm like, shit, man, this is kind of the stuff I've been missing from Pokemon. I'm like, it feels like a real world I'm in right now that like lives with Pokemon. And so anyway, really fucking digging this game it's really cool um and i super recommend it to anybody who played the like second gen games and loves them you gotta play this one man and it works on your game boy color like i've been playing it using my ever drive so one thing i will recommend though it's crystal rom hack so it has the time mechanics and it has the real-time clock so if you have a flash cart if you have an easy flash like uh junior it's not gonna work right because the easy flash junior does not have a real-time clock it's expensive, but I recommend going for the EverDrive. I have the G8. It has a real-time clock in it. And that's, like, important if you want to play those Pokemon games. So, anyway, highly recommend doing that, playing it on a Game Boy Color, because it is super fucking cool that way. Anyway, that's me. Paolo, what about you? Uh, what have I been playing? Besides, like, lamenting the fact that the Game Boy mods are so fucking expensive... <laughs> Yeah. Well, should we should we talk about what research Animal Crossing New Horizons is? That's a question I have. For research, oh, right. it, it, oh. for, for the listeners, in in our um, agenda, 
Paola has put Animal Crossing New Horizons Switch for research, I swear. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, is that uh, we have this uh, database class where we have to do like a project for the end of the semester. And I was, I was searching in these like huge database, database that our teacher gave us. And there was like the entire, the list of everything in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Now we took a look at it and it actually works for what we need to do. So what we were doing the other day with my classmate was that um, I boot up the game and was streaming it through Discord. And I was like, okay, like we need to kind of think what our client wants to like, like what an, uh, what an user uh, would try to look uh, from the uh, on the database, so we had to do like this, um, like code to help to look like for this specific thing, a little bit like uh, wiki, the the query side of Wikipedia, where you have to do the, where you can look for stupidly specific. Uh, queries and it and the and the wiki will just give it to you <laughs> the list of all the things you're looking for so we're gonna have to we kind of have to do something like that uh with the database we chose so today to make some decent queries i was like trying to play the game and try to think like okay i want to know this how would i ask my database to uh, for this information so um, it has been like interesting trying to look at the game in that way. And also uh, a good excuse to play a bit, I imagine. Yeah, it was like a good excuse mm -hmm. to, to go back to it. And it was winter in my island oh, because wow. South Hemisphere. And I, I, I also stumbled upon like the wedding season um, event that is currently going on. And I also wedding came back season. and saw a monkey in my cat island. So I was like, oh no, who left? Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been doing with Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, I, I also have been playing The Line of Zelda for a while again. Um, that's shocking. I did not think that would be on there this week. What <laughs> uh, a choker. So I've, <laughs> I've been continuously like scanning my Amiibo to get like uh, all the special pieces of armor. And I think I have like almost all of them. But my boyfriend has like a couple of my Amiibo like um, kidnapped in his house because he also wanted to scan for the armor. Uh, so I have to get the, uh, get those back so I can finish like completing all the sets. And I've... I've been like hunting like for all the uh, cork seeds. I think I did like a couple more shrines from last week and I unlocked like three towers, like three of the towers to unlock them up. So that has been fun. I also, <laughs> I also got further by a guardian and then uh, went back to claim uh, revenge. But uh, nothing too interesting to say this week about the game. Uh, besides, I completed the food compendium, so that's one list of things to do less. <laughs> or not the, the what food compendium? compendium. It was the bachelor oh, compendium. compendium. You have this uh, compendium. 
Wait, I'll, oh, so, so you have it's like the best area of food. Okay, 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 I've got you. So you have to like take pictures of things and they will be added to the compendium. Uh, mm -hmm. It's basically an encyclopedia like inside the game. And I really like took pictures of all the materials. I think I'm, I'm like more than halfway through with the animals or the creatures or friendly creatures in general. Uh, that has been fun too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I've turned like Breath of the Wild into some very Pokemon stuff equivalent at this point. Um, finally, I started the Banner Saga yesterday. Nice. Uh, it, it is quite nice. Um, it got a, a bit to get used to like um, to how the dialogue is done. Because in this game, I I started the game and the first thing they tell you is that your decisions matter. Yeah. And I'm like, oh fuck, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, the second thing you realize is that not all units uh, take the same amount of spaces. Yep. Yeah, you've got two by two units as well as one by one, don't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like a pretty nice surprise. And then um all units had a chill stat and a strength stat and their strength stat is their life too so the less hp they have the less they attack which is a little bit like a uh, war group but uh you don't want those characters going down i swear <laughs> it's a brutal game yeah. like you're gonna make some it choices in that game <laughs> that are not fun <laughs> yeah like i did a couple of choices like not really paying attention because I was like uh, looking at another thing and then like I realized I lost all my food supplies and I have to I have people like go I don't know if there's like cannibalism into the game but I was losing soldiers uh for a couple of days until I found this group of people that was like hey can we join us we bring food and like yeah come here you're welcome to this Sorry. but then it's also hard because you introduce more people again and then anyway so yeah <laughs> and yeah your food supplies are less beautiful uh but yeah i'm living another day because my units are well fit uh for now okay uh yeah that's all i've been playing nice it's kind of wild actually so like Sorry, Banner Saga is neat because I, I played the first and the second one and they really carry things over for you. And like, there are a lot of different ways the endings can, can play out. Like you can start that game with just like so many different people are gone and like the whole new, anyway, it's really interesting. They do things that I think like the Mass Effect trilogy did, um, but for like this sort of um, real time strategy combat kind of thing or, or turn-based anyway oh that's awesome i have it i'm over i'm planning to get to it soon but yeah. nice yeah it's it's fun i remember it being fun now i did play this many years ago but i remember enjoying it <laughs> uh okay should we get to demos 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 or dimos 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 <laughs> um, let's, I, let's, let's. I almost put that into the thing <laughs> i was like it's so close to the thingy um yeah we played so many demos i played a lot of uh it at xbox and some steam fest ones here uh, I also played Neo: The World Ends with You, um, which I can confidently say it's good. I, I think if you like The World Ends with You, I think you're gonna really like this one. Like I, I sort of bounced off The World Ends with you, Ends with You a little bit. I, I I wish I played that when I was younger and had a DS. I think I would have fucking loved it. Um, I think now I was just a little bit like ah, I'm good. Uh, combat's interesting. It's mapped to buttons now. 
Uh, it's a bit yeah. random, but if I'm being honest with you, <laughs> the world ends with used combat was also a bit random. So like, I actually think it might work a bit better now because I remember back in the day, man, when I, like when I was playing that, looking at both screens, most of the time, the shit that's happening on the top screen, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I had to focus on the <laughs> well, that, That's how it was supposed to be. So the idea was, yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't do a great job of communicating how good a combat system they had. What you were supposed yeah. to do is alternate. You weren't supposed to focus on both you're supposed to be peripherally aware of yeah. where the units were on the top because then you could keep them uh managed but really you had to you had to kill them on both screens and most of the killing was done on the bottom but yeah. you had like a, a puck and your score goes up and your damage goes up if you pass the puck backwards and forwards so the idea was you'd mm. use a couple of pins let those cool down and then do depending on which character you're using whatever the top screen thing is and then go back and forth and back and forth and then it's very doable and having both controls at the same time also it's very much a ludo narrative thing it's sort of tied in whether yeah. whether they designed the narrative to fit the combat they wanted or vice versa it all worked very well and this is one of maybe my biggest concerns going into neo is how on earth they if they even try to make that dual competence system work do they or no. is it just you're a person now no so what, how it works is actually you're like three people now um i don't know <laughs> if that's the <laughs> math yeah okay. because but the way it works is that you have one attack per person. Now, I think it's going to expand later because they sort of hinted at something, but from the demo, um, each individual has a pin and that pin is mapped to a button and pins have different buttons, right? And so the way it works, like right now it was like X, Y were the common ones that I was using. And then it would be also like ZL, ZR. And essentially as you're playing, you basically, you know, like mashing one of them and at a certain point, you'll get hit with this, like, there'll be, like, this meter um, that pops up, like, the blue one, which is sort of like the puck. And then you have to hit that uh, enemy with a different attack, a different character. And that creates, like, a, uh, it, like, ups your, like, meter at the top that you can hit for, like, your big special move. Uh, so, yeah, honestly, a lot of it's the same as The World Ends With You, except, you know, 3D now, which looks really good, I have to say. Like, because uh, um, it's it's in Akihabara, right? Um I believe so, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so it it, looks, it's certainly in Tokyo, like Tokyo called Shibuya, Shibuya, that's it, right? It's Shibuya. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Sounds about right. Shibuya. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Shibuya buildings. I don't here. think you need to have played the first game, though there is a little Easter egg in the trailer at the end um, where you hear I, the name. I've seen Neku. a certain person appears and I'm like, what the, what the fuck does that mean? Why on earth would they? But I understand yeah. why they would do it, but how are they justifying it is my question, I suppose. Yeah, and we'll see. Um, We'll see in the end, but you could. I jumped mm. in having not beaten the World Ends with you, and was like, I know what's going on in here. And they kind of assume that you sort of do. Like they reveal things, I think, a bit faster than in the original game. Like they're just like, yeah, it's the Reapers game. Cool game, cool game. I, I think, like I said, if you liked the original, you're gonna like it. If you didn't, play the demo first. Um, it's a really, it's a pretty long demo. It was like a, it was like a over an hour or so of the demo. Um, like first two chapters of the game, and you'll know for sure if you like it or not. Like, um, I think the combat. Yeah, well, is at I've risk got. Being, oh, sorry, go on. Oh, yeah, I think the combat is at risk of getting stale. I, I, I do think that, but the pin system and leveling up the pins still fucking super fun, and like super like you're like yeah okay let's do the next pin. I want to you know what I mean? Like leveling those pins up is just I don't know what it is, but I like it. <laughs> you know. Mm. Well, I've got the demo downloaded. The problem is I downloaded it before I left the flat. Mm. I don't have a TV yet at the new place. Mm. So it's on my PS4. Um, so hopefully it's not time limited because I'm not going to get a chance to play it until later this month. But mm. I have got it downloaded and, and primed. I don't think so I'm looking forward to that one. I, I don't think it would be myself because obviously they're, they're building up to an August release. So you'd imagine they'd want you to 
play the demo whenever. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to go through all these demos, but why don't we talk about one that, uh, Paula, you and I both played, Terra Nil. Oh, Terra Nil. What did you think about that? Uh, So Terra Nil is like kind of like this um, city builder, a resource manager kind of game Mm -hmm. where you start out with these like free piece of land and you have to restore it back to life. The thing is, I think the tutorial does a good way, like easing you into the mechanics, but it doesn't do a good job on how you manage like the entire thing. Yeah. Because the way it sets it up like in stages, like, okay, first you have to make the earth not toxic, then you can like do rivers and stuff, and then you can do this and that. And then like the next stage is like trying to bring like proper life back to it, like biodiversity and stuff. And then you just kind of off but, to the races. <laughs> uh, and then you you have to like uh, like return like the weather to like a, ra- a more rainy weather, like more temperate weather. And then you have to recycle everything. Like all the uh, buildings you use, you have to... Uh, recycle them and like only leave like the natural stuff which by the way I only had like one building left and I had no resources to actually get to it Hmm. and that was pretty frustrating because I was like pretty much almost winning the demo I like the idea I like I think I would have liked it more if it was like properly explained that you could like just do the things in a in an order that makes sense resource wise. Uh, because like to create like these, uh, you you're never told like how important the rivers are until you need to move through them to recycle everything. And that was the thing that killed me <laughs> in yeah. the end. Yeah, you know, I have this problem with these types of like resource games. They have they usually have very bad tutorials that they just don't explain their systems and you kind of learn it by bashing your head against a wall. And I thought this game was at first I was like, "Oh, nice. It's really explaining how to do this." And then it just was like, "Uh, I'm done now." And I was like, "Huh?" Like it felt like they just sort of <laughs> left me alone like they were like, "It's it's over. The tutorial's done." And I'm like, Wait, what? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you can figure out the rest. Yeah. If you like resource management games, I think this is a cool, interesting idea, but I don't know. Maybe wait yeah, till it comes Yeah, for City Builders, like, better explain and, like, more involved to a certain way, I would recommend I would recommend Timberborn because that one is looking, like, super cool and they have been fixing the tutorials and they're, like, um, Whatever the community says, uh, it's lagging. Like the the team fixes right away, and it is amazing. Yeah, maybe wait on this one a bit until it's like out and people are b- playing it. See to see. Yep. Rick, we both played Sable. What did you think? Of and we'll that? know what the dem- what the tutorials actually like there. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, we have. I think I liked it a lot more than you did, though. Yeah, I I don't dislike this game. I think I was just a little cool on it, like because mm. I I found um it felt weird. It felt it, con- it controlled weird. I wasn't sure that I liked it. It didn't feel very um, didn't feel very responsive when I was playing it. But I, I don't know with the camera specifically or not. Because I remember I told you that was my one major problem is just that the camera controls horrifically slow, even on the highest sensitivity. Mm. Camera, a and bit. so I, I tried on gamepad. It was no different. But I played the majority of the demo on PC and mouse. And I was playing on the Series X. Well, so like camera, but also just the world in general. I don't know. Something felt something felt sluggish, and I'm, I can't really put my finger on it. But yeah, it always just felt a bit off to me. It was a little bit like like honestly, I get kind of 
kind of Wind Waker-y vibes mm-hmm. a little bit, except, you know, with bikes instead of boats. But it feels like, you know, where Wind Waker, like when you play Zelda, when you play Link, it's like, holy shit, always feels so good, right? Like everything, your movements, you're, you're very like kind of agile. But in this one, I felt a little like a little plodding and just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And the, the Zelda influence is definitely there. I mean, it, it has the, the the newer Breath of the Wild stamina bar for climbing things, which yeah. is uh, and there's like a, a whole there's thing. Like a Tingle um, map maker, basically, except he's not Tingle, but <laughs> Tingle's in it, basically, you know. But the writing's incredible. So like when you go and get the, um, there's a part you get for the bike right near the end of the demo. I don't know if you remember it, where there's that little yeah. kid and they're like, oh, I want you to catch so many bugs and then I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you did what I did, but if you did what I did, I spoke to the old woman in the village. Yeah. And she said he likes to hang around in that little cave underneath. And I just went and snuck in and got it. And when I came out, I talked to the child and the child started crying. They were like, you're going to leave like everyone else. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. So I, that was really infusing the, the way that that was written. Um, I just love the general vibe of it. So I've, I've been tracking yes. this game for like a year because they, they released a demo, not a demo, a trailer with obviously this, this gorgeous self-shaded art that they've got. Um, and the soundtrack's also being written by a artist called Japanese Breakfast, who I'm yeah. quite a big fan of. So th- there was interest in it from that perspective anyway. But I like the look of it. I like the, the non-combat. It's clearly very exploration focused. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the world. I love the, the concept of you sort of setting off to explore it. Hopefully it, it controls better and is, is less sluggish than I found Wind Waker to be. And hopefully they fix the camera. I, all that being well, I think it could be a really, really good one. And I hope so, because I think I have it on the Fantasy Critic League. So, I, I, Yeah, I, I think it'll probably do pretty good. I mean, I think it's coming to Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. So like, I'll, I'll probably play it regardless. But It feels like very good reviewer bait as well, like a, a, a yeah. stranger in a strange land. Very I, pretty, not very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. I do like, like what you were saying, the... Um, the way that the quests have like multiple ways of completing them. I was like, oh, that's great. I did kind of wish, and this is just me, but like I sort of wish in a game like this that I could have seen a little more of her world before going on kind of the quest. And the tutorial sort of did that. Like you're like going around. Um, That's just me story-wise though. I like to sort of know a bit more and like be a little more invested in who they are because like this is a story about leaving your home. And so I was like, May, might have been a little nice to know more about your home before leaving what i'm it. leaving yeah yeah but and in fairness that may well be something that's in the full game although it seems like that was just the opening yes yeah i think this was the opening of the game but anyway not bad at all like i don't want to get i don't i don't want that it's just for me it was like on my scale of like good to like rough it was like okay um which for me is like promising <laughs> and like i would like to i would like to see more i'm just not sure yet and interestingly because people have been raving about it death trash is also in the okay section for you and i'd be curious to hear a bit more about that yes i think this is cool i was just sort of like not into it i guess um it, death trash is this uh <laughs> yeah. death trash is this kind of like fallouty isometric pixel art dark souls inspired wasteland game where you're like play as this dude and like i don't know you enter into this world you've been like kicked out of some like underground city and you're like vomiting now and like there's a button to vomit sometimes onto things and you've got some kind of disease and you're out trying to like figure out what the disease is and you go to like little areas so like there's this big world map you'll go to an area you come in you have like a, a gun that was like limited ammo and like you you know an attack everyone hits real hard you can die pretty easy it's it's fine i think I just wasn't really blown away. It's got an interesting concept to it. I think if you like those sort of isometric RPG kind of games, uh, I think you'll you'll probably dig this. But for me, I just sort of was like a little underwhelmed. Um, and and I, I don't know. I knew that what I was about to get into, I was like, oh, this is going to be so frustrating. Like, it's I'm going to die so much. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to have to hit the wall a lot on this. And I was like, I don't. 
I don't want to. <laughs> it's like, you know that those like gross out games where it's like there's like all this flesh everywhere and stuff like that. It's like in that genre of game, which if you're into that, get ready, you're going to have fun. <laughs> so that's that's it. Not really for me, but not a bad game at all. It seems promising. If you want a more wholesome game, I would recommend To the Rescue because it is a game about just setting up like these animal shelters, specifically for dogs. <laughs> and again, you have to like manage your like your time in the day and your resources, like to try to like put like the the, do- the dogs into like their little like cages, uh, try to keep them like well fed and quite like healthy, because. You also have to, not only you have like to manage like the health of the dogs, you also have to manage like the people who are going to adopt the dogs. So there's this whole system where you have to text to the person to know like what kind of dog they're looking for. So if they say like, oh, I want a dog that is good with the kids or a more energetic dog or a more like a quiet dog you have to like select the dogs for, uh, that you have like right now on the on the on the shelter and like put them like, in this display criteria. like they yeah. just and try to get them to adopt uh, a dog i already knew that there were like a lot going on like these animal shelters especially because i've been following like a couple of people that hope that foster animals and you know like the kitten lady and it is a lot of work but holy shit uh, I wouldn't recommend like anyone to like try to manage like an animal shelter by themselves. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but like it also like brings to like like how animal shelters tend to be like understaffed most of the time. And there's like so much to do. And I think like one of the reasons this was this game was made in the first place was like to bring awareness to how much work was put into this. Uh, more often than not, like working at an animal shelter is a very thankless job when they're like pretty much rescuing animals and trying to, to do good in the world. So yeah, it is uh, quite difficult. I would recommend to play like the the, the longer tips or like on a lower difficulty if it's your first time playing it. But overall, like a good game. A, a good game. The demo like has you play like for the first week in this animal shelter. Uh, the tutorial is pretty good. It tells you like exactly like what you have to do. And there is like a more like sandboxy infinite mode to it. So go check that out if you're into these kind of management games. So yeah, what good games have you been playing? Mm-hmm. I'll go quick here on one. So Tunic I played. Um, Tunic is that like the fox one from Finji Games. The, the, Finji's the publisher for uh, Chicory. And it's the kind of Zelda inspired one. Um, really cool, beautiful looking art. Kind of tough, honestly. Um, there's like one boss guy that I just could not beat. It's got that sort of Dark Souls vibe. Like when you die, you'll drop stuff and you can like go back and get it. If you like rest, um, all the enemies will return. I'm definitely going to be playing this game. It is super great. And another one that really blew me away actually was um, Echo Generation. So Echo Generation is, uh, I think by Canadian developer, but it's like voxel art RPG where you're playing as like these young kids in what looks like maybe the 80s or no, early 90s, early 90s. That's it because of the Echo Generation. Really charming, beautiful really fun and like setting up what looks to be a very interesting story um it like ends with this like downed alien spaceship and you're like going in to fight them and so it's just like really good the combat system is similar to um the mario brothers rpgs so you know like that like timed button inputs and stuff um so it makes the combat Mm -hmm. feel really fun and engaging and it's just uh it's just really neat what about you rick what's some stuff you're playing well so mine aren't in the show notes because i only played three (laughs) 
for, for the same reason I've not got any beaten to a completion. So uh, the other two I played, one I was not hot on, the other I was very hot on. So um, I wasn't hot, ironically, on Chernobyl Liquidator Simulator because one of the first things that has you do is putting fires out. Um, <laughs> it... it <laughs> It didn't help the game that it didn't run fantastically well on my laptop, but that's that's not its fault. What is its fault is that it's it's a sim game, and um, I didn't realise, maybe should have from the title, just how simulation it is. Hmm. So it uses almost the whole keyboard for like refilling water tanks, taking out respirators, um, pouring. I think, and it's just like this is a lot, and I'm not really invested, and I don't really want to play this kind of game. So. Uh, I stopped about 20 minutes in. Also, and this may have just been me, but it didn't really do a very good job of indicating when you were close to fire and could like feel the heat until it was damaging you. Mm. And, and by then, because your character's so sluggish, it, it, you know, you've lost half your health. You're not going to get out of it quickly enough. Anyway, it uh, wasn't for me. may well be for you if you're listening. Um, the one that I really liked was Grapple Hoops. Um, and I, I played the alpha of this briefly before, so it was already on my radar. Um, it's a first-person parkour game. The object of the game is to get the basketball into the hoop going through increasingly stupid pathways, obstacles, enemies, and there's like style points and scores. It's just a lot of fun. And it's shaping up to be a really excellent little game. First person parkour. So it was always going to be right up my alley anyway, but looks really truly wonderfully excellent. And um, I'm excited to see what they do with that one. Now I didn't see it on the notes. Did either of you play severed steel? Because that also looks excellent. It's a first person shooter um, oh, with yeah. some parkour bits, uh, but I didn't get a chance to play. I'm hoping that the demo wasn't a timed one and I'll be able to try it again um, some point later this week or try it rather. Sadly, no. Not from me. <laughs> well, what did the two of you play if we breeze through the rest of the ones we've got? I played Unpacking where you have to like uh, unpack and like decorate these rooms like because of whoever this person is is moving and you have like to unpack everything and like put it neatly uh, in the house. And it, it, it's pretty much like storytelling uh, through the things you unpack because it is like in the demo was always the same person but you could see like how the person changed through the years by what they were unpacking pretty uh-huh. neat then potion craft which i think was like one of, one of if, if not like my favorite mm. uh you're a potion seller you make potions but it is set up in a way that each ingredient makes you you have to mix ingredients and like crush them and sear them in a way that you get like certain kind of, of potions and that is like reflected on the map and i don't know if i can like explain like explain it like in a good way <laughs> but it it gets like pretty addicting in a way because you you have to make like these pathways in the in the map so you can like get to the targeted potion or discover any like new recipes and then you have to uh, you have to talk to your customers because some will ask you for specific potions and you have to maintain like the i want i want to call it like morality or like uh, of your job because some of your customers are like oh yeah i need to like kill this pest in my garden because uh, they're eating my plants and then it's like yeah i need a poison uh, poison you don't know you don't want to you don't need to know what it is for so your 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 job score will will drop or or rise depending like how morally questionable are your clients you sell the poachers to. That feels like a good jumping point because I actually played a game that's very similar to this called Black Book, uh, like as mm-hmm. a demo, and this is really fascinating game. So it's based on like Russian and like Eastern Orthodoxy, sort of like uh, culture and, and, and mythology, and so it's about uh, you play as a Koldun, uh, which I'm probably mispronouncing a Koldun, but um, Koldun, I think is how it's pronounced. But Koldun are um, essentially sorcerers 
right? But also shamans in a lot of ways. Like they're like respected peoples within some sort of like, within, uh, yeah. Anyway, they're like a mixture of like sorcerers, but also like Christianity because Eastern Orthodoxy is like a really fascinating mixture of, um, of culture uh, and, and religions that come through. And it's like a really its own thing. And this is what I really liked about it. I was like, this is unique. You never see this before. But the way it kind of works is that you run the shop out of your, um, sort of grandfather's um, kind of home and so you like bring in clients will come in and like they'll ask for things that you can help them with and it's kind of a card-based game so you go on these quests to like go find demons and your your love has died and the idea is that there are seven seals in the world and that if you can unlock all the seven seals you receive a wish and so no one's ever done it but you're going to set out to do this and so i don't know it's really neat like you you have these cards and like there's an interesting combat system where like you'll fight demons throughout and it's sort of roguelite-ish kind of in a way but um i don't know it's really neat because you'll have problems that you need to solve and so you'll need to get like knowledge and insights in order to do that and one of the ways that you do that is that like you can check your like encyclopedia entries um to figure out if if you like know what the answer is but then also some of your decisions can actually cause you to like i don't know it's really interesting like you you can get sin for doing certain like things like bad things and like stuff will come back to bite you in the ass later oh, and no. so yeah it's just really it's really cool like it's really cool and i'm like i've never seen something before like done in like this russian orthodoxy kind of way and i'm like this is super cool um mm. and i love this like it's not just like the standard shit that we've seen all the time so yeah that's that's black book two other really good ones that i played one is toem which is really neat it's a black and white photography game where you play as this cute little character kind of kind of chicory-ish in some ways and you're going around and you're like taking pictures of stuff and it's like a little mission you can like fill in like you know this like animal pedia thing it's like in little isometric uh levels that you go through and it's really cute it's really adorable i think it's going to be pretty darn fun when it does come out um and it's just very wholesome and the other one is button city which is also wholesome button city is another isometric but it's like that i don't even know bubblegum style like look where like everything is like really beautiful like bright pinks and blues and, and greens like those pastel colors um and you're like a little fox and you're going to like this arcade and i don't know you're just playing your life and like it, i don't know it's hard to describe like in the demo you're just like going and you're trying to like beat these like local kids who've gotten really good at this arcade game and so you're like making a team up and i'm not even really sure what the story of the game is maybe it's just living in your like 90s inspired and yet definitely today world uh, maybe it's early 2000s inspired or something but it's really cute cute animals fun times um so anyway those are two of the other ones that i played that i think were really good what else have you been playing paula i also play the immortal mayor that is also a city builder a racer smash fan game and the thing they don't tell you right off the bat is that there's a thing in the land like these creatures that will come to attack you every 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 so often so i kind of die to those <laughs> My citizens died to those in my first land. You're pretty much like a god, like managing the city. And you have to have your citizens like live a happy life. But also you have to like collect god powers to actually continue progressing. And I think I hit a roadblock somehow because I had like a very good like society. But it seems like I wasn't gaining like enough power like to continue building my society. So there's like some kind of balance act you have to do that the game doesn't tell you right away. Also, I think it's like, it's a game that is, or was originally like in Chinese. So, and the translation is kind of choppy here and there, but it is an early access game. So, but, and, and, and it is serviceable, the translation. So, uh, what I, what, what I'd like them to fix is a fucking tutorial. <laughs> 
because it it sucks. It is bad. Like you, it's like oh, you could read like this thing on the manual that we have like right here, but tell me like how these things affect my affect my game, not just like how like what they are. I also played Goblin Stone that was um or like kind of side scroller turn-based rpg with cards so like you have these goblin characters and you have to fight like these adventurers of the humans so it's like your 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 monsters are the heroes of your people and you have to rescue other goblins or or, or you see like other monsters who have suffered because of the humans which it was a very interesting take, but I, the, the combat is a little bit odd. In the sense that like, I wasn't exactly sure of what I was I doing like half of the time. And I am not really like into that like randomized thing because each character can get like a set of actions, but they have to draw the cards to actually do the action. So you have to you have to play your cards right, otherwise you're and if you have a back hand, you're fucked anyway. And I feel like some of the bosses were like a bit of spongy. They took like a, a lot a lot of damage to to take down. So I would I would fix that as well because it, it isn't a thing of difficulty at that point. It's just like it has too much HP. And it isn't difficult, it's frustrating. What about Sea of um, Roses here? What's this one? Oh, Sea of Roses. It can look kind of pretty in the trailers. And you pretty much uh, play as this character whose name I forgot. And you wake up like at the what's supposed to be the basement of her house. But it is not her house. There's another person like living there. And she doesn't know how she got there, the protagonist. And uh, this world is kind of like similar to her own, but not quite. The developers try to go like for this like more mystery kind of setting. So you have to know like where are you? Where, um, and if it's even like the same world you just started at and how did you get there? But there's something about how they set everything up that it wasn't as catching as I was hoping it would be. Is it a visual novel? It's not a visual. It's kind of like a point and click, but gotcha. with a lot less point and clicking. So it was almost a visual novel in that sense. It felt like a little bit like a walking scene later. I thought it was going to be something like um, when the bus was around, that that was a good point and click mm. awesome game. Uh, but this one felt flat. The other one that was kind of interesting was the Lightbringer. And it is like Zelda meets Collectathon or something like that. Because you're this character and you're collecting like these little crystals that I have no idea what they serve in the story uh you play like through these little levels and it is like more like searching for the things oriented and puzzle oriented but it has a it has some combat to it the thing that was like really refreshing about it is that you don't use a sword that's not like your main weapon uh, you arrive to this store to to get out a weapon and the character and the and the seller offers you a sword and the character is like no i don't want that i want that one and it's a boomerang so your main weapon is a boomerang and it was so interesting mechanically it had this weird floaty feeling when managing the character which i think they can tweak and make the game like feel a, a lot better gameplay wise but yeah i have i i had a lot of fun with that one i uh, i would like to see like a review of the full game because it looks interesting but not something i would jump uh, immediately to uh, given the chance 
and I'm going to just quickly run through right, okay. my demos here real fast. Uh, this is my speed run. So Trigger Witch is a side scroll. Oh, no, it's a top-down pixel art game about witches who are obsessed with guns. It's a twin-six shooter. You already know if you're going to like that or not from that. Uh, Arietta of Spirits is like a pixel art RPG-ish Zelda kind of game. Um, interesting-ish concept in it. It's like you're gone to this like island with your family after your grandmother's passed away. Uh, only problem is that it's got a lot of those like sections where they're just kind of empty and there's like a couple enemies and it like, you know, it like pads out the length of getting somewhere. I'm a little worried that it's going to be a lot of that. Dodgeball Academia, you're in a school where dodgeball is the most important thing. The dodgeball game didn't feel very good. Not very promising. It's like 2D top down. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it'll be great. I don't know. Kraken Academy, an RPG. You go to this weird school. Could be interesting. It was a lot of talking. I barely even got to any kind of gameplay because there was just so much um, for like at the front loading. So I'm not really sure about this one. Maybe wait for reviews. Sail forth. If you like Wind Waker's sailing, you might like this game. Only issue is a lot of the enemies that you have to fight are stationary goddamn islands, which is not oh. that much fun. Yeah, right? Like if I'm in a boat, I want to fight other boats. Now there is some of that, but mm, I'm not sure about this one. Um unmetal unfun um this is just no. like, yeah it's like it's like a snake game but like uh like a solid snake but the problem is that it's 2d and every time you go to move suddenly it'll interrupt you and the guy will be talking and it's like every time i tried to play it would suddenly stop so that the dude could talk and i was like your writing's not that good it's very, it's pretty dumb honestly and it's like that kind of dumb like 80s sort of writing but just not very good it's not fun it's not fun at all um, it's supposed to be a stealth game, but the minute it's like you go to like do something and then it'll like stop because you're being interrogated and it's like you're remembering what happened. That's not a fun way of doing it, you know? Let me play the game and then tell the story later. Um, and last one, Unbeatable, which was also unplayable, um, which is too bad because it oh, was... But like, And I mean actually because I think something was wrong with the game and it might have just been on my end, but uh, it's too bad because really cool style. It's like a rhythm game. Um, and in the rhythm game, you're actually like fighting, but like, I was trying to press the buttons and it would like tell me to do one thing, but every time I would do it, it wouldn't work. So I couldn't get past the tutorial. And I was like, is this just my computer? So it could just be a me thing, but I don't really know. Cause it has, it has some like pretty good like reviews out there already for like this free portion of it, but like, I couldn't do anything in it. So would you it. say this game is unbeatable? Yes, it is unbeatable. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is this has to be a joke. Like, is it a joke? But anyway, those are the games that I played. So now let's move on. Okay, and now it's time for how long to beat the game? Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Yeah. I have yes. never heard of this game in my life. Valkyrie Profile. Oh, great game. Yes. I've heard is it about the that version one. on PSP or not? No, it's a PlayStation game. Uh, oh, fuck. Valkyrie um. Profile. Well, it got a PSP port as well, oh, so they'll probably okay. be listed separately. Okay. It's um, it's a Square Enix game, or a Square Soft at the time it would have been. Um, it got a sequel on PS2 called Valkyrie Profile 2 Silmeria. Um, mm. It also got a DS spin-off called Covenant of the Plume, which is like a, um, a Fire Emblem-ish type strategy game. Um, but it has a really cool mechanic where, like, um, the permadeath is, is more tied into the story than the Fire Emblems do. And there's also a system where if you can get multiple people around a single enemy, you can sort of juggle. Uh, the unique thing about the games is that they have the face button combat. So you normally have a, a character tied to each face button. A little bit like what Invis Invisible or Indivisible, whichever the one you played by the Skullgirls Delph was, where each person you press a face button and they attack. They stole that system 
from Valkyrie Profile. Oh, um, oh. I think there's another game. They are the Maider is coming as well in the series. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I know what I'm guessing for that, and that's fine. Sorry. Uh, oh, I'm looking at the wiki on it, and it says Valkyrie Anatomia, the origin, and that is an iOS and Android game. Oh, it got a port there as well. Yeah, the um, the Lenith version that was the PSP. Um, uh, I, I, I hesitate to call it more than a port or re-release. It's I I know what I'm putting, but I've got a pretty good idea that I'm I'm right. So I'm going to wait for you two to say what your times are, and then you can uh, you can put mine on the score sheet because I don't have an app access to a computer this week yeah. yeah i'm trying to think because it, this is like a uh, 2000 uh square enix so it is it can be like a longer game but not that long of a game like i'm thinking like maybe 20 30 hours yeah it so looks like I'm a pretty ambitious sure. game <laughs> i'm going like 30 yeah. um 40 i guess i don't know um that's i'm not but, even guessing 100 because i have no fucking clue <laughs> okay i'm gonna go although maybe maybe i should guess so i can have that five hour fucking buffer zone i don't know 30 40 50 yeah, I'm gonna... <laughs> okay uh 26 th- uh, 33 um 45 i have okay no you're idea. both locked in i'm saying 26 main i'm saying 31 main plus and i'm saying 40 for 100 percent Okay. Boy, that's way Let's too see. high. What do you mean locked in? That's not how this game works. <laughs> Rick, Rick's like, oh yeah, you're locked in. That's not how this fucking game works. Because I, I, I've got a re. Watch me be completely off base, but I've got a pretty yeah. good idea that I'm right. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change it to what you've got, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least lower it down a tiny bit. I'm gonna go 30, 35, 45. Mm. I still don't uh, think I'm. Okay. I, I still 26, think I'm too 33, high. Or 44. But I'm gonna go with that. Okay, let's see. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Let's see here. Uh... <laughs> We might be we. Oh no no no! I think we're all fucked here. So uh, main story is thirty two and a half hours. I'm definitely fucked. Then I thought yeah, it was shorter than that. Main plus yeah, extra is forty one hours. I was doing. Oh, so you're fucked. So I'm fucked. Yep. And then we completionist did. was sixty six. So either way, it was the sixty six. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty pretty long game. It looks like all styles forty. Yeah, G shows what I know. Yeah, oh, there you go. Out of curiosity, would you mind just checking the PSP times for me, see if they're slightly shorter? It will be under a different name. It will be Valkyrie Profile Lenny. Oh oh, I see Valkyrie. Because it, it, it's ever so slightly different. It, not enough to really matter. But for the purposes of listing, it might yeah, be listed differently. It's 31, 34, 31, 34 and oh. 48. And a half, yeah. So if we had done that one, oh, I would have I think gotten I would, it uh, if I did that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so would I. Typical. Curse you, Square Enix. Nice. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Adios.